Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 95, Big Blue Button, recorded April 16th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, we will have Fred Dixon with us, uh, the packager, maintainer, head poobah, I'm not really sure what he is, of Big Blue Button. And we'll ask him that when he gets on here. Uh, but Big Blue Button is a, a, a web conferencing tool similar to Adobe Connect or something like that that you may have used in the past. Uh, but it's entirely free and open source. And we're looking forward to talking with him about that. But before we get there, we have more important things to talk about, namely bacon. Yes, yes. I, I, yeah, my first two warm-up items uh, revolve around bacon. So uh, first thing I wanted to start off with, you know, I've mentioned it a couple times, I've been wanting to do this, is have a bracket, uh, some sort of a bracket that, uh, you know, we can all, you know, the whole community can vote on and we'll fill it in and then every week we'd do some voting and that would go down to around a 32 and around a 16 or however many we get. Uh, and But I've been really kind of I guess just having a tough time with, you know, what is that going to be? And I was trolling through the forums and finally it just really came to me. Uh, everybody in our network loves bacon. So, uh, we even, even have vegans a, love bacon. Everybody loves bacon, right? Everybody loves bacon. Pigs love bacon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that you know, we already had a forum about bacon, and it's our most traveled forum by far. So, uh, so yeah, I just figured, why not? We'll do, uh, uh, you know, your favorite form of bacon. So, that's what we did, and I set it up. It's out there. You can vote. Put in your initial votes. Uh, we're going to keep the voting open until May 1st. And uh, we'll just see how many we get. I mean, if we get 16, then we'll start off with a bracket of 16 and move down from there. I'm unfamiliar with how this whole bracket podcast forum thing works. So I'm interested to see how this works out. But, uh, you know, if it gets more bacon into my life, I'm okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... If it follows the other forum topic, then it's it will be our next largest forum post. So, <laughs> I mean, at the very least. Uh, but uh, I have had a very bacon inspirational type day. So I, I revolved my whole day around this now. And uh, again, going back to that forum, there's a post in there, I think, Mark, that you might have put in there where, uh, or you at least commented on, where you had the uh, bacon burger dogs. Yeah, that was somebody else. Yeah, but yeah, remember Bill Cosby used to make bacon burger dogs in the Cosby Show. See, I I have no recollection of that at all. I don't recall ever seeing that. I watched the Cosby Show, but never saw it. But I did see it in our forum. So guess what I made today? You made bacon burger dogs. Yes, and it was great. Uh, very easy to make. Uh, I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be harder than it was. Uh, it's literally, you know, slap some ground beef around a hot dog and then wrap that all up in bacon. And uh, I threw it on the smoker. Nice, so it, nice. Yeah, so it took maybe a little bit longer to cook, uh, but still not that long. Uh, I think I had them done in about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, uh, they were wonderful. Smoked bacon uh, plus hot dog. I mean, it's a win-win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm waiting to have my heart attack any time now. But <laughs> So did you wrap that in a bun or just eat it straight? No, I put it on a bun and I had some uh, uh, some of that, I guess, deli, hot deli mustard. Nice. 
uh, it, which was the perfect add-on. And uh, yeah, just ate it on a bun with some hot deli mustard, and uh, I was in heaven. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and again, you can see I've had a very busy day. Uh, you'll be proud of me, Mark. I updated the tip of the week archive. Well, I always said that you do that right after the show. I, I don't know why this is a big deal. I, yeah, right. Common sense would, would dictate that that would be the easiest way to do it, just every night after the show, throw those in there. Uh, I choose the semi-annual method. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so if you've been wondering uh, when that was going to be updated, uh, wonder no more. It is up to date even as of this show. So you're pretty much right on with the Ubuntu release cycle. So April and, and October. Right. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, look forward to October the next time it'll be updated. <laughs> uh, that's all right. You know, I make people go back to the show notes. Well, I, I had a, something I wanted to bring to the audience's attention that doesn't have to do with bacon and it doesn't have to do with awesomeness. It has to do with raw greed and and bad marketing. Um a, my eight-year-old child uh, brought the iPad to me, the family iPad, and, and asked if I would install a game called Tapfish that a friend of her hers told her about. And she, ah, yes. they wanted to be a friend on Tapfish. And I, I thought, okay, sure. I checked it out. It's a free app. It looked simple. Uh, and so I installed it. About uh, two minutes later, I got an email from Apple uh, saying that she had purchased about $5 worth of in-app purchases. So I, I brought it to her and brought it to me and said, okay, like you, you can't do that anymore. Don't buy this stuff. And then I went and I unlinked my iTunes account from my credit card just to prevent that from happening again. Ah, uh, yes. And so then she went on and this was about uh, three weeks ago. Well, yesterday I logged into iTunes because I wanted to buy uh, a song and iTunes was the only place that had it. I tried Amazon. I tried other places first, but uh, I, I needed a song. And so when I went to to uh, buy it, my iTunes account said there were like $72 worth of in-app purchases that I had uh, backlogged. Um, and, and I looked at it and, I, and I, I got mad, but not at her. I got mad at, at the Tapfish people. Uh, and so I, I, I said, I told you not to buy this stuff. You shouldn't do it. And she said, I didn't buy it. It never asked for a password. It was just click here if you want to upgrade. And so I, I did. And so I watched her do it, and you know, I I went ahead and uh, I saw something there that that looked like it was like five fish bucks or whatever. And said, so I want to see what that is. And she did it, and she was never asked for a password. She never did anything. But a couple minutes later, I got an email from the iTunes store saying it was another four dollars. So I am the proud wow. owner of nearly eighty dollars worth of iTunes in-app purchases. Wow. Yeah, and I found out after the fact that you can go in there and turn that off so that there's not an option, uh, and you can password protect it and everything. But still, that's just that's deceitful marketing all the way around. Yeah, it is, and and they know it. You know, when they design those things, they make it that way because they know children are going to be playing it, and they know that it, you know it, if they pop something up in front of a kid, I mean, even if it says, "Hey, this is going to cost you a hundred dollars," kids, you know, I know my daughter would just. Click it and say, okay, right. I want my orange fish. Yeah, I mean, she's almost nine years old. She, she knows. And she said to me, but it never asked me for a password. And it always asked for a password when I try to download something that costs money. So, I mean, she was, she was aware of what was going. But no, apparently right. just by installing it, I opened my credit card and bent over. 
Uh, and so I tried to contact Apple, which cannot be done, frankly. Um, right. there, there's no phone number. There's no email. And when you click the button that says report a problem, it takes you to the support page. And you follow the direction of the support page, and it says open here and click the button that says report a problem. You click the button, it takes you to the support page you just came from. Um, <laughs> so I've just decided to chalk that up as a learning experience. I paid my $80 worth of stupid tax. Uh, and and I'm done. If I ever had any inclination to use any Apple products before, and it was pretty slim, now I have none because that's just that's underhanded and dirty. And I don't. It's not Apple's fault necessarily, but it's written. I, I went and looked, and I read their terms of agreement. And it's written right in there. Basically, in layman's English, it says if you buy something in the App Store, you're screwed. You cannot get your money back ever. Yeah, and and you know what's sad is they really. They really could set up a better system to protect their consumer. Yeah, you know, but it's a seventy thirty that, split. They're there's... getting money every time that happens. They don't. They want it to happen. Yeah, yeah. They, they should. They, well, I know. I mean, you're right. They do want it to happen, and that's why. I mean, that's just the proof. They could very easily uh, uh, build in a mechanism, whereas, uh, let's say, you have 24 hours to dispute that purchase or something, and then give you a very easy way to do that. Right. Um, but you're right. They. They don't want to because there's a, you know, there's a lot of money flowing into their pockets from that as well. All right. Talk about something happy. Calm me down. Okay. Well, uh, as I was going back and updating all of our tips of the week, I was kind of like curious, you know, this is episode, what, 95? Uh, but I was still curious. I, I knew we, we did a lot of .5s in the beginning and things like that. So I was wondering, well, just, you know, how many actual episodes have we recorded since that very first one that we did? And I counted, uh, if, my, if my math was right, 102 episodes this episode. So this is episode 102. Yes. So uh, not, not counting your, your Christmas thing right. that you did. Uh, so, yeah, 102. Can you believe it? We've been doing it this long. Yeah, it's uh, just over two years. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, and we're, like, uh, we're like Bert and Ernie. Right. <laughs> vaguely gay uh, no 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 okay. we won't go there uh no but uh yeah i i think of it that way you know oh, we okay. uh it, it's it's been such a fun ride and uh uh yeah it, it's been a great friendship and at the same time uh we have our differences along the way but uh we've made it work so 102 episodes and uh we still look to that big official 100th episode. I have yeah, five no weeks from today. We'll do episode 100 and we want, we want it to be stupendous. We want it to be outstanding and we have no idea how to make that happen. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we need your, we need your input as a listener. Yeah. I mean, come on listener. Somebody out there has got to be like, you know, Oh, well, Angelina Jolie is my sister-in-law. Right. I don't know. <laughs> you know, something, I mean, come on, somebody out there has some, somebody big that they can, uh, uh hook us up with. So, uh, otherwise, yeah, I'll, I don't know. It, it'll probably be a listener spotlight. <laughs> I'm just joking. Maybe we could listener spotlight Johnny Ives. That would be awesome. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, wow. See, that was, what was, was just, that a reference to Johnny Ives is the design guy who designed the iPhone and the iPad and all of Apple's products. Oh, well, of course. Why would, why, I, I, okay. And he's, <laughs> yeah. And see the, the irony there. See the, the joke is that he yeah. would be a listener to our show. 
Yeah, I got you. I'll be telling some humor later on. I'll make sure to let you know when it happens. Yeah, you got to give me a heads up when you're going to tell a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And on that note, moving right along, we'll bring on Mr. Fred Dixon of Big Blue Button, and hopefully he will have more intelligent things to say than this entire beginning of the show has been. (laughs) Uh, So, Fred, we'll just begin with uh, an introduction to you. Fred Dixon of uh, the Big Blue Button Project. Uh, what, What is it you do with the Big Blue Button? project so i am one of the developers and i handle primarily the packaging and the testing and the documentation for big blue button and by packaging if we go back four years now that this project's been in in, um, as an open source project in the early early days there was like 15 pages of instructions on how to install it and that's because there are about 14 open source components involved And that just wasn't going to last forever, right? There was just no way we were going to be able to build up a community of users and developers if it was that difficult to install. Uh, And it wasn't like we made it difficult. It was just that was the components we needed. So uh, we began looking at the packaging, and I took it on to figure out how to boil down the installation of BigBlueButton into one line, which was sudo apt-get install BigBlueButton. And I remember vividly that time, the day we got it working, where you could go to a machine, set up your app your app repository, do the command install, and it got installed. And uh, I've been maintaining that ever since. And it's a, it's a bit of a black art because there's only two states for packaging. One is it works or it's broken. That's right. So, <laughs> so and we do 32-bit and 64-bit, and there's the both the new installation and upgrades. That's four paths to test with each release in addition to all the new, new uh, features that are released. So, so we, uh, but, we didn't get a hold of a PR wonk or a salesman. We got a guy who is a coder with us. Absolutely. I am a, compu- I am a mathematician by trade. I have been doing computers for the last 25 years. My first computer was a Cirrus 80 Model 1. I was very proud of it. Uh, and I, even though I do lots of things, I am still a developer at heart. And it's, um, it's been four years working on Big Blue Button, and it's been a lot of fun. I loved my TRS-80 Model 1, the little cartridge on, on the side and, and the, 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 the hooked it up to a television, that model. Or did you have the one with the monitor built in? I had the one with the monitor built in. Oh, you were uptown. <laughs> <laughs> and there was nothing to do except program it, right? Yeah. I mean, oh my God. How I bet you even had a floppy drive, didn't you? Uh, no, I had no. a cassette recorder. Right, good, I, good, good. I feel better about that. When you type load the name of the program and then you go outside and play for a little while. Yes, yes, and you could almost tell whether it was loading correctly by the sound of the, yes. <laughs> uh, the the binary. You could almost hear it whether it was correct or not. Yeah, what was that about three baud? I think <laughs> three hundred baud. Three hundred baud. Yeah, you, you can you can tell at three hundred baud whether things are going well or not. You could almost count the bits. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so uh, just for people who don't know what big but boob abham. Big Blue Button is, just give us the uh, the overall, give me the elevator pitch. What is B- Big Blue Button and why should we care? Sure. So Big Blue Button is an open source web conferencing system for distance education. The goal of the project is to offer remote students a high quality learning experience. The, pro- the, the reason it exists is to provide an alternative, an open source alternative to commercial systems where uh, usually the pain points are sometimes the commercial systems are expensive. Um, sometimes they're not well adopted because they have lots of features and the return on investment is always basically uh, adoption. If no one uses it, it's hard to justify it. And we also find ourselves embedded into other software, sometimes other commercial software, because as a web conferencing system, um, 
There are about 150 commercial web conferencing systems out there. Uh, there's very few open source ones. And as an open source system, you can white label Big Blue Button, you can embed it. So we, we, we uh, exist to basically, again, provide remote students a high quality learning experience. That's, that is our goal. And at the educational market is our, focus, is our target market. Well, that leads me to the obvious question next is why? As you said, there are 150 commercial competitors out there. Why enter the uh, the shark-infested waters uh, when it's already so, so well-trod? So that's actually a really good uh, question. And the reason is it's, it's, it's because there are 150 commercial systems out there. So you think about any successful open source project, there always exists others. MySQL is a good example, or, or Linux or Red Hat or others. Like, there's already an existing commercial market. Um, I personally believe that uh, open source has an increasingly popular, bright future. We decided when we did Big Blue Button, and, and if I go back, Big Blue Button actually started at Carleton University. And it started at the master's level in an engineering program where they were using a commercial web conferencing system to teach students remotely. And this, the program that they were teaching, the technology innovation management program, was actually teaching engineers to be entrepreneurs. So Tony Belletti, the head of the program, took one of his students and said, look, we're using this commercial system, but we're teaching engineers to be entrepreneurs. And they were, teach they were actually teaching a lot about open source as well. This is back in 96, 97, you know, time that it got started. Sorry, 2000, 2006, 2007. And um, they had the student, I call him a student, but he's married with kids now. He's my co-founder, uh, Richard Alam. One of the, he's the chief architect of Big Blue Button. Um, they had said, Richard, can you build an open source system for web conferencing? Do it open source. And then I came along shortly afterwards, worked with the project, and it exists because we believe that um, there's no, there doesn't need to be 150 first. Um, when you look at Moodle and Sakai and the success of these projects and the success of open source, we thought that if we provided a viable open source, open source alternative to those 150 commercial systems, and there's nothing wrong with them, right? I mean, you know, they're good systems. Then, but for some cases, uh, an open source alternative would be more attractive. And we're entrepreneurs as well. So I'm also the CEO of Blindside Networks, the company that um, spun out of Carleton and, and provides commercial support for Big Blue Button. You know, there's we believe that there's an, an entrepreneurial side of it too, that uh, you can create something open source, Big Blue Button, uh, make it freely available. And also provide commercial support, hosting, customization, branding, and so on. Um, and so you can you can you can be an entrepreneurial and build a business around it. But it, it's a, I mean, open source is great. It's the pull business model. If you create something that people really use, they will be some of them will be pulled towards uh, getting commercial support for it. And in the educational market space, there's a there's a well trodden history of universities and colleges and K twelve. Uh, leveraging open source tools and also understanding the business model behind it. And that's why we did it. Fred, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, because with you talking about all that, I, there's so many projects out there that have really tried to get the, the ball rolling and it just kind of, everything sort of fizzles out over time. So how, how did you start such a successful project and how did you uh, sort of nurture it along the way? So you, you got to be really persistent. Um, so I, I'm an entrepreneur. I've actually started a couple of companies before this. When I saw this system, so I was kind of orbiting around the university looking for students to mentor and I found this project. And it was early days, but, but the university was using it. Um, 
it, it had it had it solved a commercial need. It was the, the university was previously paying so much for a commercial system, and with the open source system, they were paying less. And they uh, were very interested in getting a company to support uh, what they were doing and to see the project grow as well. So, but that was four years ago uh, that we started this. So the first two years, I think you could re really say, you know, we basically invested in building Big Blue Button to the point where other universities or colleges or K-12s could start using it. And then the last two years have been really taking the revenue we gained from that support you know, for some of them looking for commercial support or customization and pouring it back into the system to continue to improve it. And then you get that virtuous cycle starting. So how we got this far is is probably um, just, a, we're just really persistent and really determined. Um, and we also, I think it's fair to say, I, I have the benefit of experience of past software companies and what worked and what didn't. Um, and one of the things I realized is it's really simple. You build something that people care about they pay you money to let to fully enjoy it, and you make them happy, and you repeat that as often as possible. So we we treat Big Blue Button like a product. It's not just open source where it's like, you know, hey, this is kind of cool, go try it out. Which you know, packaging is a good example, right? We put a lot of effort into packaging it so people could try it out. And then there's you know, when you think about what people look for in software, whether it's commercial or not, stability is first. You know, does it does it work? Usability is next. You know, can I use it? Does the features have? Do the, do the features there that I need to use? And the fourth, which is the power with the commercial side, is there support when I need it? So um, we basically worked to make sure all those elements were in place, and then we were just really persistent. There, there are just not a lot of open source web conferencing systems in the market. I'll give a shout out to the other one called Open Meetings, uh, which is built on some of the technology that we use as well. Um, and our goal is to become the number one open source web conferencing system for distance education, which is not for me to say, it's for the market to decide. And we work pretty hard on it. Um, we exist today because we treat it like uh, a, a commercial product in terms of our development and our release and our testing. We provide a ton of community support. Um, we work, we recognize that an open source project to be successful, uh, there has to be a vibrant community of both users uh, developers and commercial companies. So, in the Big Blue Button ecosystem, there are other companies besides Blindside Networks providing support and services to it, and that's great. Uh, we want to see that because if you can't make money around an open source project, it becomes hard to imagine how the project will be successful. Um, and we we love to see other companies providing support. We just want to be the best. That's our goal. Uh, that's how we've been building up the system project for the past four years. All right, and uh, just to—I think maybe we might have skipped over that. Uh, what 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 is Big Blue Button? You said it's an open source web conferencing software. That's that's a nice thing on a on a on a letterhead. But what does that actually mean? <laughs> okay, good question. So if you were to walk up and and ask someone like, hey, "What does this thing actually do? Like, what does it do for me?" Um, so we built in. Uh, we break it down. It does the real time sharing of voice. So we built in uh, a SIP client. So that means you can. Click a button inside a Big Blue Button, and Big Blue Button on the front end is a Flash-based uh, application that comes down. And again, I'm going to give credit to Adobe. Adobe does a great job of supporting Flash on Mac, Unix, and PC. Um, and I was involved in projects that use Java at previous companies, and the whole write once, run everywhere wasn't really true, but Adobe does a good job. It's Flash on the front end. Um, 
And we built in a SIP phone so that when you click the headset icon inside a big blue button, it makes a call back to FreeSwitch. So for those of you who don't know, FreeSwitch is an open source implementation of a soft phone, and it provides the voice. So you can do the real-time voice. Um, the audio, that's the audio. The video is, again, using Flash. And for doing the real-time video, we use Red5, which is an open source implementation of Adobe's Flash media server. Um, Big Blue Button exists today because of Red5. It simplifies a lot of the work to do real-time uh, communications at the back end. So we do the, the audio, the video, then there's the whiteboard or the presentation area. So we can take a PDF, convert it into a, uh, to a format that can be displayed inside a Big Blue Button and you can zoom in and zoom out, you can do whiteboard on it. It supports fit to width, fit to page. You, you get a high quality view of your slides. Um, and then we do chat and then we do desktop sharing. And the desktop sharing we wrote, which is, um, and this is the one case where the, an applet is used. So not only the presenter needs to run it, an applet runs that will, when you start up desktop sharing, start taking screenshots of your desktop, uh, breaking it into like a checkerboard pattern, looking at each tile, seeing if the tiles changed since the last screenshot it was made, and sending those changes to the server that then, that then gets turned into a video stream. So it's real-time sharing your voice, video, slides, chat, and desktop. So uh, just from the end user perspective, I want to attend a conference being hosted on Big Blue Button. What do I need? Okay, so that that really uh, begs, that really that really drives on the point that Big Blue Button, the real time web conferencing, always exists within the context of something. So if we use the educational point, the context you know is usually like Sakai or Moodle, uh, the two leading open source web open source LMSs. So we'll take Moodle as an example, and we we love Moodle. We pour a lot of work into the Moodle integration. I'm one of the co-developers of the uh, the Big Blue Button BN integration with Moodle for Moodle 1.9 and 2.x. And so so that, to answer that question, let's take the example of Moodle. A student would log into their Moodle um, the Moodle site for the university or college or K12, go to the course, and they would see in the course a link. The link would say something like you know online meeting or online session or online class, and they click it. Uh, the Moodle integration would single sign them into a Big Blue Button session. So it would create a session on the Big Blue Button server. And, and it, it's important to think like you have your Moodle server and your Big Blue Button server. The Moodle does the non-real time primarily, and the Big Blue Button does the real time. So you would just log into Moodle, you click a link, and you'd be taken over to the Big Blue Button server. And that would bring you into a virtual classroom. The other students would join, the teacher would come in, the teacher would upload slides, everybody would start the audio, probably the teacher would just share their video. The class would ensue and a recording would be made and that recording then later on would be available uh, for you in Big Blue Button, and, sorry, in Moodle to, uh, to watch. Um, and, and the steps might be different in Sakai and, and so on in terms of or the UI might be different, but the, but the core steps are the same. The integration is with inside the LMS and you start in the LMS, you go to the real time and when you leave the real time, it brings you back to the LMS. So in, in case of uh, a student uh, attending a class, it's similar to Adobe Connect. I, I have my headphones on, I'm listening, I have a button that says I can raise my hand, the teacher or the, the person running the, the course has the option to audit my mic and let me ask a question. Uh, and that, that, that's how that two-way voice communication works, right? It, exactly. And, and if, if, someone's, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, that sounds good. Can I actually see this in action? Um, we, if you go to, so, so uh, I'll probably give some links later, but if you go to bigbluebutton.org and click on videos, you can see like a three and a half minute video from what the teacher can do, we call it the moderator, and what the student can do or the viewer. 
and those give you an overview of the interface and what you can what you can see. We also maintain a demo server called demo.bigbluebutton.org. It's also linked off of bigbluebutton.org, and that runs 24 by 7, seven days a week. Anybody in the world can come to that demo server. Uh, you don't even need a password. Just enter your name and log in, and you're immediately in a Big Blue Button session. You can make yourself the moderator or the presenter. You can upload slides. You can chat with people. So throughout the day, I usually drop into the server at least a half an hour, an hour a day to just chat with people, you know, and, and, and I just say, hey, I'm Fred Dixon, one of the developers, you know, can I answer any questions you have? That's an easy way to try out Big Blue Button. Now, we had a question in the chat room. Is there the option to show video from the students, like can multiple people's video be on the screen at once, or is it just the presenter? No. So we designed Big Blue Button uh, for uh, multiple uh, real-time collaboration with small to medium-sized groups. We recommend it for like 25 users or less, uh, but if you put it on some dedicated hardware, you know, you can get up to about 50 users. But by and large, we recommend 25 users or less. The design of Big Blue Button is that all 25 people could be talking at once and sharing their video at once, assuming you have enough bandwidth. And so everybody wow. would see all 25 people's video at once? I have screenshots of 25 webcams going to Big Blue Button. Okay. Um, so, so that's the benefit of open source. There's no hard-coded limit in Big Blue Button. Um, so, but, but usually you'll find three kind of use case scenarios. One is like one-to-one -one collaboration where you're doing TA session or you're tutoring a student remotely. Uh, there are a lot of tutoring sites that I know use Big Blue Button. The, the second use case scenario is kind of like small group collaboration where you have five or six people together in a session, everyone shares their webcam, and it's a real interactive session back and forth. Um, you, you know, we have the ability where you can push to mute and unmute yourself, but in those cases, everybody's unmuted and you're just chatting back and forth. The third case is like the one-to-many, <clears throat> where it's your, like a teacher's teaching his class of 20, 30 people. Um, in that case, usually the teacher will mute everybody at some point. So you don't, because 20 people with the microphone on, you're going to get, you know, a dog barking or something in the background. Um, but that's, those are the three use case scenarios that we kind of focus on when we design the interface and, and have designed the system. All right. So uh, we had another question uh, in the chat room. Is there an option for you to host the server? D d is there a company or does your, uh, you mentioned that you offer support through a, a commercial arm. Is there a hosting thing or is, or is this strictly a, a do-it-yourself option? Uh, you get both, you get a whole range of options. So um, if we start from the, uh, the hosting side, so there's uh, Blindside Networks can provide you hosting. There's another company in our ecosystem called HostBBB that can provide you hosting. Uh, and I suspect there are other companies around the world who are offer also offering hosting. Um, and I say that because Big Blue Button has been localized by the community into 35 languages. So I talk to people all over the world. Um, India, China, Australia, Singapore, even Canada. And we are, you know, it's everywhere. The, uh, the, uh, the next step is you can, you can host Big Blue Button yourself. So Big Blue Button, uh, going back to the packaging, you can download it either as a virtual machine, and a virtual machine is a good way to try it out. You wouldn't use it for production, but you can run Big Blue Button on your PC or your Mac using VMware Player or VMware Fusion. You can download the Big Blue Button VM. Uh, I, I build it as I, I design, I design and create the Big Blue Button VM as well. It's just built on the packaging. You can really easily get a Big Blue Button server going. Hook it to your Moodle, try it out. You can then, uh, if you're a university or college or institution, you can. You don't have to host it externally. You could say look, we've got servers here. Let's put Big Blue Button on those servers where I'm a high bandwidth infrastructure. 
and uh, you can run the servers right there. So that's that's the benefit of open source. You can run ten big blue button servers if you want. Um, all right, and, so, and, but okay, get, let me get my, my techie geek hat on. If I'm going to host a big blue button server, I'm going to need a big chunk of bandwidth to be able to support uh, a class of 25 people going on at once, right? Uh, it turns out not really. So, so the, the codec that we use for the audio is the Speaks codec, and Speaks is actually 16 kilohertz wideband audio, and it's really well compressed. It takes about, um, let's call it about uh, 10 kilobytes a second. It's actually less than that, but just rough numbers, 10 kilobytes a second. So uh, if you have um, 20 people in a session, that's 20 times 10 kilobits, um, that's 200 uh, kilobits a second, right? That's not, a, that's not a super lot of bandwidth. You add one video to that, which let's say takes 50 kilobits a second, and there's 20 people, so there's one presenter going up to the video and 20 going down. You know, 20 times 50, um, that's, you know, uh, it's one uh, megabit, megab uh, one megabyte per second. So, no, you actually don't need a ton of bandwidth uh, to host it. And most universities and colleges and, and K-12s, I mean, they're, they pretty much have decent bandwidth as they are. As they are. And it's, it's if, you, if you don't have good bandwidth and you still want to do it yourself, go to like iWeb or Server Beach and go get a dedicated server. Um, get a Ubuntu 10.04 64-bit server, go through our instructions, install BigBlueButton, it will take you half an hour. And we guarantee you can install it in half an hour, your money back. <laughs> and uh, I want double I, my money back. I, I will personally guarantee that. You, if everyone's listening, if they, if they cannot install BigBlueButton, you go join our mailing list and you say, Fred, I cannot install it. I will personally help you install it. That's how. That's how much... That's how uh, much work we put into the installation. Yeah, and, um, and I have uh, I have used Big Blue Button, uh, the school where I work, uh, and the half hour is twenty eight minutes of waiting. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 really two minutes of interaction and twenty eight minutes of waiting for stuff to happen. Yes, yes, and and that is that's I gotta say that's a mark of pride for us to make sure that it is easy for others to set up their own server and use it. Um, because the number one measurement for success for this open source project is adoption. So when we see people tweet that they're using BigBlueButton or we see them blog about they're using BigBlueButton, it doesn't matter what we say. We always believe that it doesn't matter what we, you know, we don't stand up and say, we think BigBlueButton's great. We stand up and say, we are trying to build a, a, a solid, scalable, easy to use web conferencing system. And the measurement for our success is when other people set it up, deploy it and use it inside, um, their educational institutions. Uh, Fred, I have a question. Um, is this something, you know, I've always seen it installed uh, alongside a, a Moodle or, you know, some other LMS. It, can it be standalone? Um, so that's actually a really good question because early, early on in Big Blue Button, we actually built out like this front end to schedule meetings and so on. And then we realized we're going down the wrong road because, um, Many people, most people already have some existing system they want to integrate with, Joomla, WordPress, Tiki, Drupal, uh, Sakai, Moodle, and so on. So the, 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 the realization we said is, okay, let's make it easy for those to integrate with. And then even if you don't have that, if you have some commercial system, you still need an API to integrate with. So we actually don't provide like an out-of-the-box uh, conferencing set up scheduling and big blue button. We realized long ago that 
if we just focused on two things, one is making BigBlueButton core really solid and making a really simple, well-documented API, I should say three things, and supporting and sometimes building ourselves high-quality integrations, then in almost all those cases, that will cover off a good chunk of the, the market need. In the cases where there are companies, for example, commercial companies says, wow, we want BigBlueButton, and we see you have an API, but you don't have an integration for our software, then they can come and, you know, for putting on my entrepreneurial hat, they can still become and contract us, and we will help them integrate. They get to market fast with something that's basically in use by a ton of people. We get revenue from the integration, and that revenue goes back in the development of BigBlueButton. So, no, if you start a BigBlueButton, we have a bunch of what we call API examples. So, you have rooms that you can immediately start using and so on. Um, but there's a little, there's, you know, if you're using Moodle or Drupal or Joomla, um, and, and I'll actually, I'll, I'll emphasize Moodle and Sakai are the two integrations that we have put a ton of work into. We work really closely with the Sakai community. Um, two and a half years ago, the Sakai community came out with, they call it their meeting tool, which was really the BigBlueButton integration. And just recently, in the last six months, we took on the support of that project. So we have been building into the Sakai meeting tool all the hooks to do the recording and to access the recordings now for the upcoming version of BigBlueButton. So for us, the world is, is Moodle and Sakai, plus the other open source integrations we have, an API, good AP, well-documented API, good core product, and then the rest of it, you know, a, a, other, the community can build other integrations, and some of them have, like Atutor and others. Um, and then there's also, if you really want help, I mean, there's commercial support available as well. So about, uh, well, last month, six weeks or so ago, you released a, a latest version, your, your 0 0.8 beta 4. Correct. Uh, which uh, might scare some people. 0 0.8 beta 4 doesn't exactly sound <laughs> uh, industry standard solid. <laughs> so we talk about this in our wiki. We say, you know, for some, the marketing term is arbitrary, right? Like we, this is the 10th release of Big Blue Button. That we have done nine releases in the past, treated each release like a product, tested it, documented it, designed, built, tested, documented, release, support, iterate. Uh, we have over almost 1,200 members in our developer mailing list now. Uh, there's been over almost 14,000 messages posted in the developer mailing list. I personally posted about 1,500 of them, answering questions, letting people know where the project's going, and so on. So, uh, you know, we could have called it 4.5, but we said, no, we are determined to build a really solid system. And we have a roadmap. We call it the roadmap to 1.0. And there are the things that are still kind of on our roadmap to do, like a, a, a polling module. But uh, we're working with Seneca College, who's building the polling module. Um, breakout rooms is another thing we hear every now and then. Shared notes, we prototyped this in the past. Um, there's a couple other features, but the, the list is getting smaller and smaller. A lot of stuff went into this release, especially record and playback. So, no, I mean, um, don't, you know, the, the, the version number is a version number. I would say judge us by the system. If you can download and install BigBlueButton in half an hour and you're sharing it and you're integrating with Moodle and it's all working, um, that's because we work really hard to do that, just that. All right, so the version that I'm using where I work is uh, a year and a half or so old. Uh, tell me what I'm missing in this latest release. Right, so you're using version point seven one a, the latest version point uh, eight beta four. Um, so we we've done uh, first and foremost was the addition of record and playback, and any of the feature requests we've gotten from the community, we'd always sort of balance it off. Like, would you like us to do that, or would you like us to do record and playback? And almost everybody said, well, we really would like record and playback. 
So record and playback means many things to many people, but for us, what we've done for this first iteration for record and playback is we can record uh, the slides, the audio and the chat, and we can play that back synchronously. And the way we did recording was we didn't just create a video file because there's not much you can do with the video afterwards. You know, you can edit it and so on, but if there was really cool things you could do with it, YouTube would have figured it out already. Um, so what we did was we actually put the extra effort in to record everything, but as discrete components. We have a video file, we have audio, uh, we have the chat, we have the slides, we have all the events. And then we have this workflow that will take those, uh, the, the data and the metadata and create playback comment formats for it. So one of the, the first this thing we wanted to do was be able to play back in HTML5. We can see the trend towards HTML5. So in our support of HTML5, the first thing we did was make sure that we could play back. So we use a, we use a project called Popcorn.js that came out of Seneca College and supported by Mozilla. And it allows uh, synchronized playback of HTML5 content. And that's how we playback recorded sessions. It's very lightweight. It's not like a video file. Three-hour session is probably about 32 megabytes, and 30 megabytes of that is the audio file. Wow. So, so record and playback is the first thing. The second was improving the audio. So again, high-quality audio is pretty much the core. So we have gotten really good at understanding how audio works. Um, and we, in version 0.71, there's a delay of about two seconds of latency. So you can say hi, and if you were logged in twice to Big Blue Button, you'd see, and you did this on a LAN, so there's no network latency, it would take about two seconds for you to hear yourself. In version 0.8, you will almost hear yourself, you'll hear yourself really quickly. So there'll always be latency, but we've really gotten down to where we optimize the audio. And that was, that's, that's been done over many iterations. Okay, um, so how do I go from 0.718 to 0.8 beta 4? Is it apt-get update, or is there more to it than that? Almost. There's a little bit more to it, but we built in all the intelligence of the packaging, so we will update you from the previous release. Nice. And if you can't get it to work, what do you do? You throw a fit and scrap it and go to Adobe <laughs> Connect. You post to the forum and you oh, say, Fred, okay. I'm updating. Um, it, it, we really, uh, give you an example, we, we really try to support our community. There have been many, I've lost track of how many times people have posted and for whatever reason, you know, they haven't been able to upgrade their system or because they've got other software installed or whatever. I'll usually, at some point, I'll just send them an email and say, hey, would you be comfortable giving me root access to your system? I'll take a look in and, and, and see if we can get it going. And more, almost everybody, you know, gives me, gives us root access, temporary root access. We go in, we get it working and, uh. And in doing this, you know, we've gotten really good at understanding how the integration works and the, uh, the installation works and the upgrade works. So we do a test, a lot of testing on it. This, the Big Blue Button Beta 4 is, is 4. There have been four betas. The first beta went out in September uh, last year. So, again, this reflects just how determined we are to, to release a really solid system. And this has been tested by the community, uh, by ourselves, and and. and, and, and we, we, we do a lot of work into it. So when you when it releases, you will be able, you, you can't update now. We know we've been updated, you've been able to update since beta two, but no, it is, it, is, it is there and it was meant to be updated so that you could take your, your older system and you could bring it up to the newest release. All right, so uh, I want to be respectful of your time and not keep you all night. So I'll I'll uh, give you the last word. Uh, uh, if there was there was one message you wanted us to hear, or one last thing you wanted our audience to know uh, about uh, before they left this uh, podcast, what what would that be? Okay, so the, the, as an open source developer, um, 
the biggest satisfaction we get is when we see other people uh, use our system and give feedback. So if you like open source, if you want to have open source options for the synchronous part, web-based collaboration, um, there's a team of people out there that work really hard on this project. Um, and if you want to support them, all you need to do, it's really easy, just download and try it out uh, and post your success or your, your experiences to others. The more people we have using Big Blue Button, the more people sharing their experiences, the stronger the community goes, increasing our awareness. Um, we do not spend our money on marketing, well, except doing shows like this. Um, and it didn't cost me anything. Right. Uh, except yeah. my time. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, the best marketing for us is the word of mouth marketing. Again, we're old school. We figure we build something first, right? We didn't like raise money and let's go, let's go create t-shirts. Then, then build something. We built it first. Try it out, go to the website, um, join the developer mailing list, and again, blog or tweet about it. I love to see people's experiences with it. You'll get our response back, you'll get it, you'll get engagement with the community, and it's through the use of it and the adoption, which is how we measure success, uh, that you will be supporting our open source project. And, uh, and our goal for Big Blue Button is to provide remote students a high quality learning experience. That's what we did, that's what we uh, strive to do. I, I, Mark, I want to jump in here real quick because I just, I just paged down in my show notes and saw one question I didn't want to let go. How did you come up with the name? <laughs> <laughs> That's question number one in their fact on the website, Sean. <laughs> well, I, okay, I missed it. So no, no, tell our listeners. It's actually there. It's a good question. So but there's a whole bunch of reasons, but it kind of boils down to this. One is it's hard to get a bit domain name these days. So uh, one of it was Big Blue Button. The other was uh, I had had previous companies where we picked a name that was hard to describe over the phone, right? People would say, can you spell that? Uh, one of the tests for Big Blue Button was I could say Big Blue Button and people could understand what I said and they could have a reasonable shot at typing it into the URL and so on. And the third was we were kind of kicking around like, well, what do we want this to do? And, 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 you know, the thought was, you know, the metaphor was that starting up a classroom should be as simple as pressing a single Big Blue Button. So we, we decided to name the project Big Blue Button, and that's how the, that's how the name uh, came to be. Because Big all- Red Button sounded far too scary. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and that one's taken by Staples. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Fred, it was great having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. It was my pleasure. Thanks a lot, uh, Mike and Sean. Um, and uh, again, I'll just plug, go to bigbluebutton.org. If you want to find out more information about the project, you'll see us around there. And it was a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to share with you uh, our project with your listeners. Thanks, Fred. And that was uh, Fred Dixon here with Mike and Shane of the Tightwad Tech. <laughs> you got my name right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that uh, was that was great to have finally get somebody on though. We've been trying that. I mean, at least I should say I've been trying right. for the longest time. And Mark, you just wave your magic wand and well, no, it wasn't it me. On. It was a, a listener in the uh, of the show heard us say that we've been having trouble getting hold of anybody at Big Blue Button, and he said, "Here's the two Twitter addresses: one for Fred, one for Big Blue Button. Try that." So I did. I sent a tweet to both of them, and within an hour, had a response. So we were just trying the wrong channels. We were trying to be all yeah. official about it. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, they usually, uh, when, when I'm doing research and trying to get somebody from whatever organization, you go to their website and they have some sort of marketing arm or contact us or something like that. Big Blue Button's not that straightforward. You can't just go in and, you know, get a hold of these guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was nice to, uh, to, I guess, finally accomplish that mission. So. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you want to run an in-house, uh, web conferencing system and you don't want to pay your, uh, uh, firstborn child to Adobe for Adobe connect, uh, big blue button is something you need to check out. Uh, it's don't let the, the 0 0.8 beta scare you. I've been using it for a while now and it's very stable and it's very feature rich. So just try it. And not, not difficult to install. No, not at all. In fact, rather than upgrade, I will probably just create a new machine and start over because that'll probably be easier. Right. So uh, that's my tech tip of the week. Big Blue Button, you're welcome. <laughs> I kind of figured you were going to go there. and uh, Yeah, it's certainly worthy. And we've never, I don't think we've ever listed it as a tip of the week. Now, we've mentioned it a number of times. Uh, when we did the Moodle shows, we talked about it. And it's, it's been one of those things we've talked about around the periphery, but uh, uh, never featured. All right. Well, uh, Mike, I'm going to jump in here with my <laughs> thanks, Bob, <laughs> with the teacher tip of the week. Uh, this one I've been sitting on for a little while. I was kind of up in the air on whether or not to include it as a teacher tip because it's not free, but I'm going to cover it because I really do think it's actually a pretty good value for what you get. Uh, it's ixl.com, and this is a math preparation and, and uh, kind of practice site I guess it's got a it's got over 2,000 practice skills and they're all broken down by grade level and topics and it covers uh, basically from pre-k all the way up through eighth grade and, and beyond it goes up to algebra right now and they're promising to go even higher than that uh, what's unique about this is that they've actually gone in and for every state in the in the nation they have aligned these practice skills with your state's uh, st curriculum standards so, uh, you know, Mark, recently we had a listener contact us and he was, he was talking about uh, how he homeschools his children and he, he finds our show so informative because, uh, because they're doing that. They're educating their kids at, at home. And uh, this, so this is the kind of tool that made me think about him and other listeners like that. But uh, this uh, IXL.com is it's geared in two ways, one toward like a, a teacher classroom or even campus level environment. And then the other one is just for the parents. So if you wanted to sign up for this and have these things to work with your children at home, you can do that. Um, what's really uh, another really neat thing about this is you can really track the progress uh, that the children are making uh, quite easily. It's got a very robust reporting. Um, again, that reporting is aligned with the state standards. So uh, you can kind of look and see how your child's doing on this and uh, identify maybe holes in their knowledge, uh, particularly as it, as it uh, you know, compares to the state standards for uh, for your location and uh, you know identify those areas and really work on them and uh, hopefully uh, help get your child up to that I know here in Texas uh, it's all about the testing and uh, this site just seems to at least understand that maybe not uh, endorse it um, and it goes all the way from pre-k up through algebra with uh, a geometry and trigonometry coming soon so they say right 
Right. Uh, now, again, it's not free, but uh, it, it is nine ninety nine a month for a single family account, or you can pay for the year at uh, seventy nine dollars a year. So I think that's very affordable. If you go and look, I mean, the amount of uh, information and just how robust a tool this is, uh, particularly if you're homeschooling, uh, it might be money well spent. Uh, and the classroom pricing is not bad either at one ninety nine a year per classroom, and uh, that's as high as they go as far as their you know the prices they quote on the site. But uh, you can contact them for a quote if you're interested in like campus level or district level pricing. So uh, ixl.com sell out. Hey, I kept it cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll be using a Mac. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot defend that respect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess now is the time to uh, tell all the wonderful people out there how they can contact us. Absolutely. ElementOP.com is the place where you can uh, deride and berate Sean for bringing a non-free app uh, to the uh, tech uh, teacher teacher tip of the week, uh, and you can also ask him uh, for all your Mac advice because he's a he's a world renowned Mac user now uh, and technician. Crickets chirping. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just I, I yeah. I really can't defend myself yeah. anymore. Elementop.com. Check out the forums. Use the contact us button. And, and you have been. And I appreciate that. I'm getting lots of, uh, lots more feedback, uh, in the recent weeks. And as I said, uh, this, this show came about as a result of listener feedback. Thank you, Arno, for that. Uh, and for, uh, anybody else out there who's got an idea or a question or a comment, uh, we, uh, we love to hear from all of them and, uh, hop over and check out, uh, uh, big blue button and tell them element OP sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I, I do want to say, uh, with regards to what you said, you know, the forums and just all the interaction we're getting lately, uh, it really seems to be in an uptick and that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. So, uh, also want to remind everybody again, uh, hop on over to the forum and, uh, put your vote in for, uh, for the bacon bracket. So I want to see that take off. I mean, if that doesn't take off, then we'll just never do a bracket again. Right. Well, I mean, if if this audience can't get behind bacon, it's time for us to just stop doing a show. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, hop on in there and let us know what your favorite bacon form is. So, All right, Mark, that was another great show. I think I agree with you this time, Sean. <laughs> and so I will simply say this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.